Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman alongside Steve Harmison looking back at a whopping win for England here at Old Trafford. Thanks for listening to the following on podcast. Well, if you're listening to the show, you no doubt know by now England did take the 10 wickets that they needed to win the match and square the series. Uh, It started out with England on top. Both openers uh, gone quickly. 39 for two when Avia was uh, caught behind from the bowling of Ollie Robinson. And an out of sorts, Aidan Markram didn't hang around for much longer either. He was uh, given a reprieve after being bowled from an O-ball from Stuart Broad, only to be caught at second slip from the same bowler uh, shortly after. 54 for three at that stage. It looked like South Africa might collapse in a heap. But actually, uh, Peterson and van der Dussen restored a little bit of uh, respectability to the scorecard, if not the result. They battled through the afternoon session as uh, the pitch got flatter, as did the ball. But two wickets set in quick time straight after the tea break from uh, Ben Stokes. Who else uh, saw uh, England on its way? Seven wickets falling in the final session. Uh, five of them to the second new ball. Uh, Anderson and, Bro- and Robinson uh, enjoying themselves. Not quite in the Manchester sun, but it did brighten up a touch. OK, Let's get on with uh, the rest of the show. Story of the day. Okay, Harmony, that is uh, one thumping win for England. uh, Hot on the heels of a thumping defeat at Lords. The questions that were asked of this team, though, midway uh, between those two games, has that answered them or were we just asking the wrong questions? Um, No, it hasn't answered them. I think we were, I don't think we were asking the wrong questions. I think. We are the, this team has played very, very well throughout this summer. Um, glaringly obvious that we need a fast bowler because we have got a, a, a way of playing. I've got no problem with the way we're playing. Really, have got no problem at all the way we're playing. But the makeup of our bowling attack doesn't suit 
the way we want to play and that we will want to bowl. And we're putting too much pressure on the body of, of one man, and that's Ben Stokes. And no matter what Ben says, because I know for a fact he'll throw it back at me, no matter what anybody says in that camp, they say, and they'll say, you know, Herculean, Herculean effort, you know, heroic effort, everything that is being said about Ben Bowling, 14 overs on the road, I will come back to that and think his his timeline of you know the, the length of career is shortening by the day. And that would be worrying. Because you know what? Because we need him as a captain. We needed Joe Root's runs when he was captain. We need Ben we need Ben Stokes to be on the field. Now he's captain because of belief and everything that he gives, his decision making, his positivity, everything that he gives. And with this 14 over spells with this barrage of bouncers. I don't want to sound doom and gloom, but I look at this and I think we are we are we're not prolonging his career by ODI cricket pulling out and retiring. We are shortening his cricket because his body will let him down eventually. And that's something I think needs to be it needs to be in the mind of Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum. They'll flop it off and I'm sure they will. They'll they'll just brush it off and say we're five from four. Uh, sorry, four from five. You know, can he not be happy for us? I am happy. I am ecstatic the way England have performed. I really am. I'm over the moon. I couldn't be happy here as a former England player and England fan. But I've also got to be mindful that if we want to continue playing this brand of cricket with an inspirational leader, we either have to pick a fast bowler who might not, it might sort of, um, it, it might, so it might not make our team as strong and our bowling attack as strong in English conditions, but it will give us another option, a better option with the game plan we've got. And that's something is, is watch, obviously, after what's happened today. You know, the, a, a sort of a watch word, a, a word which is, I don't know, I'm, I'm struggling to find that word, but a, a, something that I think England needs to be mindful of that yes, the euphoria of winning four and five, four out of five test matches this summer, but we're putting a lot of pressure on our captain and the body. And if he doesn't captain this team, then I'm not sure who else does. And we've got this baseball of a bat unit, and we try this baseball of a bowling unit. But unfortunately, the baseball of the bowling unit is is one is one short. And that is a it is the is the sort of key weapon of Baz Ball. It's a wood, it's an archer, it's a fast bowler short. And unfortunately, I just worry about one. I, I worry about the one thing, and that's the most important thing, and that's the right knee or the body of Ben Stokes. He was asked about it in the press conference. He said that it may look a little worse than it uh, did. In fact, we can hear that. I don't think a bowler's hit the ball without pain, really. Um, and it's something that I am able to manage and understand sort of where I am at, especially if, you know, I am bowling and, you know, it does start to flare up, but I know I can do it. I know I can get through that. Um, and sometimes it looks a little bit worse than what it is because of how I have to offload it once I bowl, if that makes sense. Um, but, yeah, you know, some days is some days good, some days bad. Um, I bowled at the back end of the day without any strapping on, and it was absolutely fine. So, um it's almost like roulette, don't really know what, what I'm going to get sometimes, but yeah, it's all good. 
So there you have it. He's saying he's, he's bowling within himself. He knows what's going on. And there was another question in there, which we didn't recall, where somebody actually mentioned you and raised the fears that you have over his career and, and uh, the points that you've been making quite eloquently and within and quite fairly. And he said, Harmy's talking as a friend. Which I thought was quite a nice I am. R- r- remark, and and he may be, he may be right, but that doesn't yeah. mean you're that doesn't mean you're wrong. No, it doesn't mean I'm wrong, and it is meaning that I I, I look at I look at Ben I look at Ben as a and Mark Wood as nearly family members because of the way they came into the cricket world of coming in, young player, looking up to senior players, uh, old has been sitting in the corner, trying to sort of help them, do as I say, not as I do, with sort of thing, and sitting in the corners. And I am saying it as a friend. But I'd like to think I'm right, because I've seen it before. Sometimes the old man in the corner is more right than the young player thinks he is. You know, the young man, the young player, naive, and Ben's not young, so I'm not thinking that, but the young lad who you're trying to sort of guide down the path a 34, 35-year-old who sits in a corner. He's doing it for, for a reason. All the negative points I said last week were done with a, a huge heart towards England's success going forward. I say this not only as a friend, but also as somebody that's seen it happen to one of my best friends. And that's why I've been so forceful and so and so vocal with, with my opinion. I also think, I also think I can say it because of the relationship I have with him, and it'll not change the way he, the outlook he looks at games, because that's why he's brilliant. Ben Stokes is brilliant. He lives in the moment. He feels as though he can win from any position, and in this game, especially his his, he was focusing on his fifth over, and then his sixth over, and then his seventh over, then his thirteenth over, then his fourteenth over. He wasn't thinking about what's going to happen next week or how much it's going to hurt in about four hours' time when he's halfway through a crate of, of lager. He was thinking about, what can I do? What's the best option? How do I win this game? I win the game by bowling another over. That's a great trait to have, but at some point, it's going to, it's going to, there's going to be a negative point to that. The negative point for that has huge ramifications on the rest of the team because if he's not there, we've seen where this team has been and we've seen where this team's transformed to and that's on the mindset positivity the body language and the leadership of Ben and I think that's that's why I've said why I've why I keep saying it let's talk about the brilliance of the man though he's I'm watching here I'm still at Old Trafford I'm just looking out onto the field uh, great crowd here by the way I was a bit disappointed with the numbers on day one but they've been in terrific voice the last couple of days do you know what I noticed as well? Do you know who got the biggest cheer? I mean, not Jimmy Anderson, who they're cheering about at the moment. In terms of the batters, Joe Root, when he walked to the crease, got the almighty big cheer, much bigger than what Stokes got when he walked to the crease. So um, that's always interesting, because I think sometimes we confine ourselves to the Twitter echo chamber. You know, there's, there's so much love for Joe Root out there. Not that I'm mm. saying that people are critical of Joe Root, but I think we forget sometimes what the general public really feel about these guys. Um, but Stokes, I mean, look, those two wickets in the first uh, innings, which I described as both a mess in terms of the, the luckiness. Yeah. But, the, but the two wickets he got today with an old ball in the middle of that spell, two set batsmen, the pitch not doing as much as it had been. 
You know, otherwise we're coming back on day four. You know, maybe even England have a little tricky target. Who knows? But essentially, he's got that. And then, of course, that magnificent century um, when England battered as well. It's no doubt that uh, he's got a big bottle of champagne. I don't know if he's going to keep it as long as the bottles of champagne you've got in your, in your hands. <laughs> but how have those bottles of champagne lasted? And, but, uh, you know, he, 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 did, he did show once again just how important it is he is to this side. Um, just brilliance from him, really. It was, and it's... It, that's why that's why you I, I'm so vocal on trying to protect him because I know how important he is he wins games in the blink of an eye 41-41 folks in Stokes yesterday and there was just a light on moment I'm sitting watching it a light on moment and I'm going he's going here he's got enough he knows that if I go here we had it at Cape Town we've seen it at Headingley if, I'm, if we've got enough here, we've got 71 lead. If I explode for an hour, I took I the game away from the opposition. That's what he did. He, he was he was 100, I think, just as Ben Folks got to 55, 60. Game's over. Not a problem at all. Did it at Cape Town against South Africa as well. Um, and again, he does it with the ball when nothing's happening. Nothing tough, both of them. These are special people. Special people, special characters. The one thing that they've got, you can compare, and I don't like comparing Flintoff, Botham, and Stokes. The one thing they have got, they've got this, they've got this unbelievable knack of being able to grab a game by the scruff of the neck and turn it in their favour. Now, this wasn't this wasn't that today with a ball. It wasn't. England were always going to win, but it was going to be making a game longer, going to make it a harder. Anderson stays longer in the field. Broad stays longer in the field. And he grabbed the game by the scruff of the neck. You know, South Africa batted brilliant in that middle session. Absolutely brilliant. Won't go in nowhere, but at the end of the day, they batted well. You know, and this is the this is the challenge of this McCollum era. They've got a, an exciting and entertaining way with the bat, but they've got a very, very sort of mundane way with the ball, where they bowl good areas. They haven't got an extreme pace. What they have got, if they did have an extreme pace bowler, they've got somebody in Ben Stokes who can who can open the door at any at, at, at drop of a hat when his big heart starts pounding, the crowd get going. So from that point of view, there's not many people had that. Stokes, Flintoff, Botham, Goff had it. Goff had that yeah, up and Adam style, pump the chest out, stick it out there, right, give me the ball, I'll do it for you. These are special characters. These are special people. And that's why you know we, we, we keep saying protect them. Um, to answer your answer your question, the, the, <laughs> He's the good. sort of big question, the poignant question was: I'm a borderline I'm a borderline alcoholic outside the house, but I'd never ever drink in the house, and that's why them bottles of champagne lasted longer. So if I opened them in the dressing room, they would have gone. But unfortunately, I took them home, and that's why they never get drunk. Fair dues. The criticism, no, not criticism. After that defeat at Lords, Ben Stokes has asked about, about it. And he said, maybe we didn't always take the positive option, you know. And Brendan McCullen said, maybe we didn't go harder. We should have gone harder at um, South Africa in much the way that Trevor Bayliss used to say um, about the top order. Actually, England didn't do that, did they? They actually went back to basics here. Zach Crawley, Ben Folks, the start of Ben Stokes' innings. With the bat, they didn't go harder. They actually went back to they went back to basics. How you should be playing Test cricket, constructing innings, seeing off the the new ball. 
you know, identifying the danger and then cashing in once you've seen the danger off. It was actually nothing, absolutely nothing to do with this kind of baseball nonsense that we've uh, we've heard about. And it certainly wasn't about going harder. No, but what it was, it was. I think there's a, I think there's a lot of miscommunication out of this this England's setup. Collingwood and McCullum talking about Crawley the other day, um, saying that, that, that we didn't go hard enough. I, I actually think what they meant was, you know, we didn't, we weren't sort of decisive enough. We didn't have, uh, you know, that we got stuck between a rock and a hard place. We got stuck in between plans of what we were trying to do individually and collectively. I think that's probably what we're trying to say. You look at you look at Crawley this this week in that in that first innings, he left the ball brilliantly. But it was it was if I was bowling at Zach Crawley this week, I'd be I'd be more sort of in in my channel as opposed to being confident bowling at him because of the way he was leaving me, because of the way he was defending me, because I felt as though them twelve studs were coming down the wicket and bang, he was seen in the middle of the bat blocking it straight back down to the bowler, or them you know, the the big the big sort of def, the leave where the knee was coming out. Pad was bent, arms were right, arms were raised in the air. The big chest, Matty Hayden style, bang! I'm leaving you. That was decision making at its decisive best. And I think at Lords we weren't like that. We were a bit tentative. I think we were a bit apprehensive, tentative. That was largely down to the conditions and the way South Africa bowled. And I think that's what McCullum and possibly Collingwood meant in between games was, you know, we, we didn't take the positive option. And we've always said if we get caught between a negative mindset and a positive mindset, we always take the positive route. And I don't always mean, I don't think we always mean the positive route is a six or a four. The positive route is in defence, defend it. In defence, look as though you're in control of, you're in charge as a batsman as opposed to your, the bowler always being encouraged by a playing miss, not quite in the right place, fallen, heads falling over, tentative batting. And I think that's possibly what they meant. Um, in between test matches rather than we didn't go hard enough at it. You know, you, you couldn't have gone hard enough at it. There was no way in the world you could have gone hard at Robada and Nokia last week because they were they were on it. The, the conditions in their favour, they were on it. Exactly the same as Robinson, Broad and Anderson on the first morning here. England will be unchanged for the Oval Test. I imagine South Africa will make two changes. I don't think Aidan Markham will play. He just looks so short of... of confidence um, and then Harmer will step to one side and I imagine Marco Janssen will come back into into this side but um, before we look at South Africa your thoughts on Ollie Robinson uh, it, it, Excellent. It, well first off you picked up on the fact that he was bowling three or four miles an hour more than what he was he uh, he picked up where, he, where not quite where he left off but he certainly didn't look like he'd been away from the test side for the amount of time that he had um, he looked leaner he looked focused, um, but conditions were ideal for his his brand of cricket. Absolutely, hundred percent. He was he was on it, and we've said many times it's not about it's not about the bowler. It's about the person, the man more than the ball. The ball, I pick him every week. I think the boy's got huge huge skills. I think he's got he's got he's got covered. He's got broad covered. You know, he's the heir apparent to probably to take over what Stuart's done for the last 10, 12, 13 years, whatever it's been. I think Robinson can slot in when Broad's 
Yeah, time's done. And and continue that role. Not a problem at all. The problem is Stuart Broad's got more dedication in his little finger than what Holly Robinson's got in his whole body. That's always been the question. And if the question mark has uh, doesn't surface again for the for the foreseeable future, and he goes, you know, largely throughout his next sort of six, eight, twelve months without an injury, then I don't see Ollie Robinson missing too many Test matches. Don't play one day cricket. You know, he's he's a show in for Test matches. He'll bowl he'll bowl on wickets in Pakistan, which will be fine. You know, it'll be a slog for him, but he'll be fine. Um, and he'll bowl on wickets in New Zealand and be a real, real handful. So, and then you're back in England. So, I, I don't see Ollie Robinson going anywhere as long as Ollie Robinson Old Trafford is the benchmark of Ollie Robinson England going forward. If he does that, I would never have a question of picking him. If that's what I get every week, you know that attitude. He might not bowl as good as that every week, but that attitude, I think the boy is talented. He's just, you know, things don't, you know, things don't always. Seem so the, the sort of the the professionalism that's been questioned by his uncle. Look, I look. I, I've got two two things on that professionalism. I think he 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 was found wanting, but also I, I want to question Mark John Lewis because at the time I thought, wow, coach is calling you out here. Uh, really, if a coach is calling you out, is it the last straw? Is it? You know, we. We have we've we've sort of tried to embarrass you every other way. Is he that bad? But also look at it and thinking was John Lewis trying to protect himself here? Is he trying to protect that England of getting battered in the Ashes? We haven't taken any wickets. We not look threatening. He's the bowling coach. He calls Jolly Robinson out to deflect on maybe his his game plan and his outlook and the way things are going. So I'm not going to throw everything at Ollie Robinson after the Ashes, but. There was definitely a drop-off in pace. There was definitely a question mark on body. And the short time I've seen him at Old Trafford, he looks fitter, he looks stronger. He's bowling consistently above 80 mile an hour. And if he does that, he plays He, he plays most weeks for me. There may be another change for the Oval for South Africa. We don't know how serious that hand injury for van der Dussen mm. was today or is, uh, is moving forward. But from a South African perspective I'm looking down onto the outfield Dean Elgar is chatting to Super Sport I mean everything that could have gone wrong went wrong didn't it you know the wrong team and that in turn led to the wrong decision um, they batted limply in the first innings the conditions you know the conditions favoured England certainly the sun came out when they were batting it went gloomy when so it was just what it was one of those tests and I suppose for Dean Elgar in South Africa they need not think about the fact that they passed up a huge opportunity here. They just need to, they just need to forget this test ever happened, and head back to London. Yeah, go on, do what England did in the last test match. Just brush it off. But beaten by the better team. Stoke said it. McCullum said it. That condition suited. You can say that they put the ball in the better areas, and we did. They score more runs than we did. We did that last week. They did it this week. We go to the Oval. It just. It's always the sort of battle scars going into the last game. If you're just getting beat, are always a little bit more bigger than the ones that if you if you overturn that one nil deficit and then go to the last test match one one. I think there are more question marks in the of this defeat than there was of the first defeat from England's point of view. Than South Africa have got now, they've got a test team which 
doesn't they have batters and bowlers. They don't have that balance of obviously of, of we've talked about of having Stokes, the wicketkeeper. Is he as good as what you know a, a folks or a besto type wicketkeeper is? Probably not. He's not good enough to bat six. He probably should be batting seven. Their system, which is to be fair, I, I, the politics of South African cricket, I ain't going to criticise because it's served them well for so long now that it's it's the right thing for them to do. I know, you know, people will be baffled and say, well, why is Marco Janssen not playing this, that and the other? Cricket in South Africa has had this since they've come back in after apartheid and they've been best sides in the world because of it. So we can't criticise them for that and I wouldn't even entertain that on that side of it. But they're going to have to find a way of picking 11 players to go to the Oval and dust themselves down and give themselves the best chance. Zondi might have to come in as a batsman in the middle to get Janssen in the team to potentially play two spinners. I think they'll play two spinners at the Oval. If Zondi comes in to bat, then you're probably looking at you're, you're probably looking at um, if Zondi comes in to bat, you're probably looking at Ngidi possibly missing out. And if Ngidi misses out, then you can get both spinners in the side. So you'd have Rabada, Nakia, um, Marco Janssen, two spinners. And then you've still got you've still got everything, all bases covered and stuff like that. I don't think that's going to help from a strength point of view, but I think it balances the side out. We had two spinners and you've got three frontline front line seamers and you've got a little bit of protection in that middle order, well, the lower middle order at number seven with the answer back in the side. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including... England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies. In the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today 
to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, uh, you and Neil Manthorpe, who's busily writing up his uh, match reports for uh, the Daily Mail and um, publications back in South Africa, you're going to be back for the Cricket Collective, uh, which will be available on the following on feed as a podcast on uh, Monday or Tuesday. The show goes out on TalkSport 2 on Tuesday. Uh, We'll have updates from the 100 throughout the week. Uh, The final of the 100 is next Saturday. So both these teams have a little chance just to sit back, reflect, and then go again. And that's exactly what we will do here on the following on podcast. So thanks for listening. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.